0: A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with us on the program. Although i got to tell you, I was hoping today would be the day we would get to talk about the Bruin decision. I was uh, hitting refresh every 10 minutes, starting at about 10 o'clock Eastern as the uh, Supreme Court... Uh, Released orders in, I believe it was six cases today, none of which were the uh, Bruin case, dealing with the right to carry in New York. Uh, But the uh, Supreme Court has, I guess, gotten rid of some of the backlog. I think they're now down to 18 cases remaining in their term. Bruin among them. But it looks like it's going to be next week, next Tuesday. Before the Supreme Court issues any more opinions. So, we've got a, a couple of days to wait before the Bruin decision may come down. And I suspect it is going to be one of the last decisions released this term, along with the Dobbs decision. So, it may be, uh, well, early July before we actually see the Bruin decision. I'll tell you something else that's happening in early July. July 1st, as a matter of fact, Washington states. New ban on "quote unquote" large capacity magazines takes effect. That's right. Uh, no longer will you be able to purchase ammunition magazines that uh, can hold more than ten rounds. Although uh, existing magazine owners can—they've given the, the Democrats in Washington state have given them permission to keep the magazines that are already in their possession. Which, as you can imagine, uh, has helped lead to a run on sales of quote-unquote large-capacity magazines in Washington State ahead of the ban. And that is, in fact, what we're going to be talking about today, because some gun control advocates just still don't seem to understand that when they start talking about restricting our rights, the market responds. Tom Engel, owner of a gun store in Lacey, Washington, told McClatchy News that the number one question they're getting right now Uh, is from people who are under the impression that they will not be allowed to have, quote-unquote, high-capacity magazines at all, including the ones that they currently own, which he said is not the case. Quote, the magazines you have at midnight on June 30th are the mags you have, and it doesn't matter what they are. Uh, Meanwhile, Danny Bourne, who's owner of uh, Dan's Firearms in uh, Port Orchard, I can't believe he didn't do something like with the Bourne identity. But anyway, uh, Dan's Firearms in Port Orchard says that there's been more interest in AR-15 style rifles, which he attributes to the upcoming magazine ban. Uh, Bourne said responsible gun owners are being unfairly punished, and he's skeptical that the magazine ban will prevent shootings. He says the criminals aren't going to care. They're still going to do what they're still going to do, and the only people that's going to affect are people that weren't a problem to start with, which is I think accurate. Bourne says the pandemic business boom has shown no sign of stopping. He says sales doubled in the year following March of 2020 and then doubled again next year, uh, which was be 2021. Tom Ingalls says that he has seen about a 100 to 200% increase in the number of magazines that he is selling at his shop. Uh, then you've got uh, Precise Shooter and uh, owner uh, Sergi Salonik who says, uh, quote, there are millions of magazines being brought into Washington in anticipation of the ban. At the end of the day, there will be more magazines here than a decade's worth of normal sales. He also says sales for high end custom made guns for competitive shooters that do not come with, uh, quote unquote, low capacity magazine options have also increased. And again, this is a phenomena that, that we see, right? When there is a threat of new gun control legislation The market responds by going out, consumers going out in massive numbers and buying the items that they think are likely to be targeted by any gun control measure. Now, again, I I think this is human nature, but there are some folks who see something more nefarious at work. Uh, At Time Magazine, uh, there's a a story today talking about uh, uh, how gun makers may profit uh, off of mass shootings. Yeah. Yeah the uh, editor-at-large, Belinda Luscombe, uh, who wrote this piece. The, the piece itself is not not quite as bad as the headline. But again, it still starts with a sort of assertion that, uh, you know, mass shootings are good for business, for, for gun makers, because uh, stocks tend to rise, sales tend to increase. Not because gun makers are out there running specials or deals saying, uh, get them while you can, but again, because... Gun owners and would-be gun owners, those who want to exercise their Second Amendment rights, understand that in a environment after a high-profile shooting, when emotions are running high, that that is when the biggest threat to our Second Amendment rights typically exists. Right? We're gonna we're gonna ban this, that, and the other thing in the name of public safety. And typically, a lot of folks who don't think much or very deeply about this issue. Say, well, it sounds like a good idea to me. And so, again, we see the market respond. But people say, well, it doesn't sound like a good idea to me. I'm going to go ahead and buy one before I can't. Right. Uh, Luscomb points to a study done at uh, UC Davis in California where they sought to try to figure out what what drives gun sales. Right. Uh, This is, again, UC Davis. It's an anti-gun outfit. But I want to talk about this study anyway, because I I don't necessarily disagree with their findings. I think they exaggerate a little bit, but we'll get into that. So they looked at 20 years worth of mass shooting events with actual gun sales in California. Uh, They looked at the 20 most deadly shootings in the years between 1996 to 2015, plus all quote-unquote mass school shootings during the same period, and they found that gun sales rose in the 30 days after each event and again in December of that year. Dr. Uh, Rachel Calcutt, who's the leader author of the study, says, although we can't stipulate definitive causality, our thought was that in California, new gun regs go into effect January 1st every year. She does acknowledge that some of the gun buyers could also be holiday shopping during December, which is important to note because gun sales nationally tend to rise to their highest levels in October and November, excuse me, in November and December of every year. But she says, quote, uh, mass shootings have a pile on effect. People not only purchase guns to protect themselves from armed attackers in the days after the event, but they also purchase guns before the year's end to hedge against the implementation of any firearm bans that the mass shooting generates. Again, in California, new laws take effect on January 1st. I think we are seeing that, quote unquote, pile on effect right now in Washington state with the massive increase in the number of magazines that are sold. And the net result is likely to be that those folks who tried to ban quote unquote, large capacity magazines ended up bringing a hell of a lot more of them into the state of Washington where they will be in the hands of law abiding and responsible gun owners until Democrats try to revise their magazine ban to remove the grandfather clause and tell all of those legal magazine owners that they have to hand them over, destroy them, or get them out of state, as we've seen in places like California and New Jersey. All right, now let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, our recidivist report. We're going to start there. uh, Baltimore's son with a story that is going to absolutely infuriate you. man accused of killing Wacomico Sheriff's deputy, freed two years ago, by Baltimore authorities after an armed robbery, and now the finger pointing has begun in earnest in Baltimore. Austin Jacob Allen Davidson, who's accused of shooting and killing a McComico County Sheriff's deputy on Sunday, was set free by authorities in Baltimore just two years ago after pleading guilty to an armed robbery that he committed as a teenager. The Baltimore Sun says the details of his release have become a flashpoint for politicians and law enforcement officials in the wake of the deputy's death, with Governor Larry Hogan and the Wacomico County Sheriff criticizing the freeing of Davidson. The Office of Baltimore State's Attorney Marilyn Mosby issuing a statement on Tuesday seeking to deflect blame for Davidson's release, saying in this case, the prosecutor secured a conviction and made a sentence recommendation of jail time. But the court imposed a sentence of probation before judgment. As the Baltimore Sun says, that's not exactly true. The city did recommend a, quote, brief prison sentence, according to the Baltimore Sun. But a city prosecutor said in court that Davidson should be sentenced to time served and given probation, which also would have set him free. Baltimore Sun says that his public defenders have worked out a deal with city prosecutors that if Davidson could get into a juvenile placement program, and succeed, prosecutors would agree to a sentence of probation before judgment, meaning if he completed probation, then his guilty plea would be vacated and he would have a clean record. But there was no opening uh, in that program. And so under the agreement, if a juvenile program was not available, Davidson would be sentenced to 10 years in prison with all but 18 months suspended. But in court, the prosecutor changed his mind. And rather than going along with that sentence, which would have required Davidson to serve at least a year and a half behind bars for armed robbery, the prosecutor agreed that Davidson should be sentenced to no more than the time he had already served in pretrial detention, which had been a year. The prosecutor did not assent to probation before judgment because of the serious nature of the charge, but Circuit Judge Melissa Finn chose probation before judgment anyway and instituted three years of supervised probation. Marilyn Mosby says the question that should be asked is why the court imposed a probation before judgment, which is not a conviction, how or why he was not picked up when he violated probation, how he was able to be released when he committed a slew of other crimes in other jurisdictions, all of which, by the way, are perfectly reasonable questions to ask, but all of which add up to something we talk about every day on this program. The criminal justice system is messed up, right? Right. And again, we can see politicians like Marilyn Mosby pointing their finger over there to the judge, the judge, oh, it's the probation office over there. Every office in this case seems to have screwed up, including the prosecutor's office. But it's not really that they screwed up, because this is how the system works. I don't know if works is the actual word that I would prefer to use, but this is how it operates. This is the norm. And the reason why you've got politicians like Marilyn Mosby pointing fingers right now is because this story, this particular egregious example of a soft on crime system resulted in a sheriff's deputy being murdered by somebody who should have been in prison. And so now this particular case has gotten news attention. It's in the news cycle, at least in Baltimore, at least for the next couple of days. But it'll fade away. It'll disappear. And the problems that are inherent right now in the criminal justice system, not just in Baltimore, but across the country, will remain. Let's turn our attention to today's armed citizen story, shall we? An armed Pennsylvania citizen returning fire at a a man who was shooting uh, at a, a woman in a Walmart parking lot in Pennsylvania, Christopher Carmona, his facing charges include an attempted homicide, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, as well as possession of a prohibited firearm following the incident back on June the 1st in Pittston Township, which is outside of Scranton. But according to Fox News, Luzerne County DA uh, Sam Sigel Dolce told uh, local news station WNEP that a person who was legally carrying a gun at a nearby nail salon returned fire at carmona after hearing gunshots and racing outside the identity of that armed citizen remains unclear uh police telling the uh, local media that carmona was going through the victim's car in the parking lot when he was allegedly confronted by the woman and then began shooting at her the woman was uh reported to be stable following the uh, shooting uh not suffering from uh, life-threatening injuries but uh, again who knows how much worse this could have been were it not for the quick thinking of that armed citizen who heard the shots being fired, raced outside, and then engaged that attacker. Now, today's good deed of the day. I mean, that's a pretty darn good deed, isn't it? So is this one, though. Got to tell you. Good Samaritan pays year rent for tri-state veteran who feared losing home. Man, this one, I got to tell you, this one gets you right in the feels. Cincinnati, Ohio. James Bolin. Is a veteran of the Gulf War. He has uh, PTSD. He has frequent seizures that prevent him from driving or cooking for himself. He and his wife, Christy, live on a fixed income in the Emerald Pines Mobile Park, which they have called home for more than two decades. But uh, new owners came in, purchased the park, started raising the rents, you know, inflation. And uh, James and Christy uh, were in danger of losing their home. Christy has stopped working so she could take care of her husband full time, but uh, she recently went back to work so they could try to get some money to stay in their house. She said, I'm just really stressed having to go back to work, leaving him alone. He could aspirate and die again. He has frequent seizures. He needs somebody around. They obviously can't afford 24 hour care living on a fixed income. Christy said, we can't make it without my income with him being a disabled veteran and on a fixed income. We just can't make it. She had talked to a uh, local TV station in Cincinnati, Fox 19, last week uh, about uh, her and her husband's trials. And a man named John Boyd was watching. He's the owner of Boyd Heating and Cooling. And he decided, you know what? I'm going to pay the rent for a year. Wrote out a check, sent it into the office, done deal. He said, uh, I'm just glad that I'm able to help somebody make a difference in somebody else's life. He said, I mean that. That's what we're here for. When James Bolin heard what Mr. Boyd had done, uh, he said he didn't really want to take the money. He said it should go to somebody else who's more deserving. But then he was told, listen, man, the check's already been cut. It's already been cashed. Nothing more we can do. Boland started to cry. He said, You look at the country in the shape it's in, and you say, Now, what was I fighting for? But talking to um, Boyd, he said, Today, you reminded me. Christy Boland said, I just can't explain it. I'm just overjoyed. I'm just glad that I can be home with him. James Boland said, You know, sometimes you want to give up, and then you get that little bit of extra that you need. Sometimes a little act of kindness just makes the world not seem so heavy. Amen to that. And in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, to veteran and his wife in need. John Boyd, Boyd Heating and Cooling, there in Cincinnati, Ohio. We thank you for your very, very, very good deed. Now that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Barron Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. Don't forget to check out the website throughout the day for even more of the latest Second Amendment information that you need to know about. It is a critical time right now in the fight for our Second Amendment rights. And we've got you covered at the website. If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber as well. Just use the promo code gun rights and you'll get a significant savings on your VIP membership, which not only allows you to support the independent pro Second Amendment journalism that we do at Bearing Arms, but as our way of saying thanks for your support. We're going to give you exclusive content, news stories, analysis, stuff you won't find anywhere else because your support does matter and does make a difference. So thank you as well. We'll see you back here tomorrow with another edition of Barry and Arms Cam and Company. But in the meantime, be well, be safe, and be free.